This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Friday, October 14th. Coming up, why is Kansas City considering closing 10 public schools? Plus, for one Kansas beadwork artist, creating a project for an airport presents a special challenge. I know when you're traveling, you're like, I'm just trying to get to my gate, you know, I don't have time to stop and look at art. But then there's times when you're at the airport forever and you're like, you know what, I got a lot of time to look at art. We'll hear from one of 19 local artists creating new work for the new Kansas City International Airport Terminal. But first, some headlines. A Missouri judge has dismissed a lawsuit challenging part of a new Missouri law that requires a photo ID to vote. Cole County Circuit Judge John Beatum says the lawsuit doesn't identify any specific people who are negatively affected. Denise Lieberman of the Missouri Voter Protection Coalition says the decision is not a final dismissal. At the end of the day, this ruling is simply a procedural pit stop on the way to the Missouri Supreme Court, which will ultimately and determine the case. The lawsuit against the photo ID portion of the law is one of two filed against the same legislation. So far, there's been no ruling on the other lawsuit over voter registration language. A University of Kansas physicist has been awarded a prestigious MacArthur Fellowship, commonly known as a Genius Grant. Stephen Prohira studies new ways to detect high-energy neutrinos, tiny particles from outer space, to learn more about where they come from. He says the spotlight that comes with the Genius Grant brings attention to his niche field of physics. I mean, it's remarkable. It's, I, I don't have really words to explain it because it's such an unusual and rare thing. I'm still in disbelief. I'm just shocked. The MacArthur Fellowship comes with an $800,000 award. Prohira is one of 25 fellows this year with expertise in fields like music, art, history, and math. The Kansas City Council voted unanimously yesterday to give historic landmark status to a block of buildings in Midtown. KCUR's Zach Perez has more. The new ordinance adds the buildings at 31st and Main Street to the Kansas City Register of Historic Places. That prevents the owners from demolishing them for three years and restricts how the buildings can be used. Fourth District Council members Catherine Shield and Eric Bunch first applied for historic designation in May after the new property owner moved to demolish the buildings. Council members say they hope to work with the new owner and local developers to find uses for the buildings in the coming years. Kansas City's public school district has declined in population over the past few decades, leading it to close and consolidate schools. This week, the district announced it's thinking about closing 10 more schools. KCUR's Jody Fortino covered that story for us, and she sat down with me to tell me what could happen to those schools and their students. So why is the school district considering closing 10 schools? Well, it's part of Blueprint 2030. That's their multi-year plan to expand opportunities for students. So to do that, they say there's going to have to be some trade-offs, which is to close schools so they can spend more money on those programs and opportunities they want. So what are some of the schools that are recommended to close? So the board said the first set of schools would close in fall 2023. So that includes Central High and James Longfellow and Truce Elementaries. Um, Other closures would follow in subsequent years, including closing Northeast High in 2026. What are they going to do with the schools that they close? Part of them are going to be used for other purposes for the district. So they're considering a learning center or parent empowerment center. Um, Other ones, it says they're going to be repurposing. Not exactly sure what that means yet. Do you know if they're going to be selling these schools to be used for retail or residential purposes? 
I honestly don't know. I know in the past they have done that with some schools, but I don't think it, they've made a decision yet on what they're going to be doing with these schools. So what's going to happen to the kids that go to these schools? Yeah, so as these schools close, and they're going to close in four phases, the kids will be transitioned into other schools, so basically consolidated. And some of them will be consolidated into existing schools, whereas other ones will attend like three of the new schools they're planning on opening. And what are those schools that they're planning on opening? So they're planning on opening one middle and two elementary. And the middle school will actually be a conversion of King Elementary School, which is one of the schools that they're closing. So that's one way they're repurposing that school. So where are these schools located that they're closing down? Are they in like particular sections of the city? Um, The national agency that made these recommendations said they tried to make sure that they were pretty scattered among the Kansas City metro, so not just in one cluster or one area of town. And just looking at a map of the closures, it does look like they're pretty spread out. So what's next in this process? So next, they're going to be doing some more community engagement work over the next two months. So more community listening sessions at schools, different locations, Zoom, a couple in Spanish. Um, just so community can kind of give their input because although they made these recommendations, this isn't the final recommendation or the final plan for the district. And they're likely going to vote on that in December. So if people want to learn more about these closures or they want to um, give their input to these changes, would they just attend one of these sessions? Yes, that is what the district is really encouraging them to do. That was KCUR education reporter Jody Fortino. Mona Cliff is among 19 local artists creating work for the new Kansas City Airport Terminal scheduled to open next year. For her piece, Cliff has spent months gluing millions of tiny beads to a 17-foot-long piece of raw edge wood. KCUR's Julie Denache reports. I'm actually going to warm this up with the blowtorch. Artist Mona Cliff sits on the floor in her home studio in Lawrence, Kansas. Bold patterns of grain stretch across several panels of cherry wood with a rough bark edge. Around the edges, she's built a layer of beeswax, copal, and pine resin. She heats the wax with a small blowtorch to soften it before sticking on strings of tiny beads in bands of warm lavender, ivory, and rose. I try to like really harness the power of our beautiful sunsets and and the rolling hills. Cliff grew up in the Pacific Northwest. She spent the last 17 years raising a family and living in Lawrence. The work she's creating for the airport is a massive organic abstraction, inspired by the Kansas prairie. I did want to allude to the Kansas landscape, especially the Flint Hills, the way that the hills kind of come together and overlap. Sometimes when we have those beautiful hazy days and you get parts of the hills that are darker or lighter between each other. Cliff says there are special challenges to creating artwork for an airport. I know when you're traveling, you're like, I'm just trying to get to my gate. You know, I don't have time to stop and look at art. But then there's times when you're at the airport forever and you're like, you know what? I got a lot of time to look at art. So <laughs> to kind of, you know, with I think with this piece, I'm able to kind of check all of those boxes. Cliff's grandmother, Ramona, inspired her to learn traditional beading. She was a member of the Ani tribe. And as an elder, her grandmother gave Cliff a special name. Hanukkane. It means spotted cloud in Ani. 
Okay, so every once in a while, I have to fill in little gaps. Cliff says she wants anyone to be able to connect with her artwork. But there's one audience she hopes to reach. You know, what really has been driving me through this project is for there to be other natives in the airport, they'll be like, yo, that's beadwork, you know? <laughs> um, and, and, and really resonate with that and feel a sense of like place. While these are our homelands, I feel like we don't have a sense of place a lot of times. Cliff's work is currently featured at Kansas City's Kemper Museum of Contemporary Art. A New World, Women to Watch 2024, highlights women artists living and working within 150 miles of Kansas City. It's a collaboration with the National Museum of Women Artists. Erin Jedgetts is Director of Curatorial Affairs at the Kemper. When I think about Mona, I always think of like past, present, and future. And so this work I think is really special because it, it speaks to that. And it also, it has a sense of beauty about it. I think she's really um, acknowledging the beauty of generations, the beauty of nature, and how she makes her mark and imprint on that. Judget says Cliff incorporates traditional beadwork in a modern way. You're really seeing the kind of texture of the beads and having an opportunity to really look close and see a little bit about how she got that in there. But at the same time, there's a bit of a mystery. Back in Lawrence, Cliff is making progress, one strand of beads at a time. Being able to share seed beads with travelers from around the world is it's going to be amazing and i'm really honored and grateful to have this opportunity it's really important for me to try to bring communities together the best way that i can and i can do that through art cliff will install her work later this fall the new airport is scheduled to open in early 2023 for kcur 89.3 i'm julie denishe Cliff will demonstrate her art this Sunday at the Kemper Museum of Contemporary Art. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Jody's story about Kansas City public schools closures and Julie's story about Mona Cliff, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Kansas City Today keeps our communities informed. So does KCUR's daily news email, The Early Bird. It delivers the top headlines of the day right to your inbox every weekday at 6 a.m. You can subscribe at kcur.org slash early bird. Mm-hmm.